Hello and welcome back to another episode of Baseball Night. Today is Thursday, February 8th. We are going to talk Red Sox news and then we're going to preview the NL Central. I'm Tom Brown, joined as always by my brother Jack. Uh, Jack, I don't know if you had anything to start with. It is Super Bowl Thursday. That's exciting, but we could just dive right in because a couple things happened with the Red Sox this week. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much. It was truck day. Um, It was truck day the other day. You wouldn't have known because as it was reported on, um, I forget the name of the reporter, but she had a tweet where it said, it seems like truck day is just Red Sox employees and one family with a Believe in Boston flag. So, I mean, that about sums up fan interest in this year's Red Sox, in this year's edition of the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. I remember it being a thing, but I also remember it being a thing because our parents watched the news when we were kids. It was like on TV (laughs) and it was like, oh, today was truck day. Or ESPN Boston used to be a thing and I would go see, see that every day. Now, that's not how I consume any type of information. So mm-hmm. I did see it on Twitter. Like the, I think the Red Sox Twitter account posted, but it used to be like a, annoyingly, but a thing that. Yeah, there used to be hundreds of people there on, uh, around surrounding Fenway Park to watch a truck full of baseballs go to Florida. And then the funny thing is, just send them to Florida from Rollins. Uh, but also, like, they don't do anything. They would they would put these put the equipment in the truck, and then they don't do anything for six more days. Like players yeah, don't go. It was stupid, and it was. I think finally someone was like, "Let's not promote this, especially this year." But, yeah. Jack, Theo Epstein's back. Run it back. Yeah. He well, I'm is... glad you brought this up because I before you go ahead, I saw the headline. Mm-hmm. What in the world is his role? Okay, I'm glad you asked because I have the athletic article up. He is a senior advisor. Um, and a part owner. His ownership stake was him. not announced. Does he have... Oh, so we don't know if he has more stake in the Red Sox than LeBron James. Uh, we don't know. Mm. But um, he... It says he has a hand in ventures across Fenway Sports Group's umbrella, including Liverpool, the Penguins, RFK Racing, and Boston Common Golf. And Just then, in like, case you're listening and wondered where everybody else in FSG's interests are, it's all of what Tom just listed. He said, or the second article is funny because the first one is the announcement, and then Jen McCaffrey, the Red Sox beat writer for The Athletic, and Andrew Fifield, who, sorry, I'm not familiar with your game, Andrew, their second, the second article about this Theo story is about him helping Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> th- there you go. Andrew's Andrew's work includes 
covering soccer for the athletic. So I did see someone bring up an interesting point. Might've been Lou Merloni for everyone out there. Lou Merloni is one of the best Red Sox follows on Twitter because I genuinely think not only did he play here and he's from here, he legit is a fan of the team still. And is just oh, yeah. like, why don't they do this? It's the best. He, he's been changing his Twitter avatar to who he wants them to sign. And right now it's just a question mark. Yeah. So um, he said, why not make this announcement right before winter weekend? I think it was him. He might've been like given an explanation why in. not to do yeah. it, but like, it's a good point. Why not do this? And at least have some fanfare because from all accounts, it was not good there. Yeah, um, it wasn't good there. I mean, Sam Kennedy and Tom Warner got booed. And if John Henry were there, John Henry would get booed too. Um, uh, I don't know. Theo is a similar kind of local guy that has, a, you know, a championship pedigree with building a team that's won a championship. Uh, probably their most famous championship. <laughs> um, and... Uh, I don't know. I don't know the reasons not to do that. Um, I will agree that Lou Merloni is a local treasure, if not a national treasure. The pride of Framingham, Massachusetts. What more do you want? Guy played on the Red Sox. He's friends with Nomar. We used to see him on, May on Bayview Beach every summer. <laughs> That's right. We did. Because <laughs> we went, we always would be at the Cape during the All-Star game. And no offense yep. to Lou, he didn't make the All-Star team. It's a fact. And he would go visit his, go down the Cape with his family. And we'd be like, oh my God, it's Lou Merloni. Never once approached him. No. Nope. But we were like, there he is. There he is. Yep. We knew him. <laughs> we knew of him, I should say. Wonder if he liked the ice cream smuggler. If we ever have him on, we'll I, ask him. I mean, yeah, he had to. That's, that's a question one. How, two, Hi, question Lou. two. How's Nomar? How's Nomar? And then ice cream smuggler related questions. Do you think Nomar wants to come over and watch a game with me? Would Nomar do the podcast? Jack, can I, you can can we I have know. Nomar's number? <laughs> I couldn't. It's I couldn't too much. Can't, can't be your hero. I went it, to a Dodgers it, game when we were out in California, and he was he does the post game, and they have like yeah. a out, outdoor setup for their post game, and that you walk by, and I, he was right there. I was looking right at Nomar breaking down a game. Couldn't do it. I, I, I couldn't do it. You would have to just, it would be all you. And you'd just be like, that's my brother. Just ignore him. One time Mara, our cousin Mara, shout out to Mara met. Uh, I don't know which one. I want to say Joey McIntyre from the new kids on the block when he was going solo at the Solomon Pond mall. And oh, she naturally. did the thing where she was, she couldn't speak and just handed him a piece of paper or a picture to autograph. <laughs> I'm like, surprised literally. she didn't just, Dumbstruck, could not speak. <laughs> uh, Good for you, Mo. So that is, you know, it. He has a relationship with Breslow through the Cubs, and if he advises Breslow, that's great. So he should advise Breslow to sign a pitcher, which is something we are going to talk about shortly. The next, I mean. That's Red what I'd Sox, advise. The, the next Red Sox topic. This came out yesterday. And people. It's a big one. 
people are we're having some fun with it on Twitter. The Red Sox are going to be featured in a 2025 Netflix series about this upcoming season. It comes out in 2025. They're oh, gonna I didn't try know that. And... I thought it was like a hard knocks thing where it came out it, like it is, but I think it's gonna be like an it's like gonna be a dump. Like, go ahead and stream this. Which Okay. It's that strategy. I like I understand you gotta shoot it, edit it, all that stuff, get the interviews with the players. This is going to be a last place team. Yeah. What? So I'm going to watch the season, be upset with it, and then dive into a Netflix series and be like, oh, yeah, this is when they lost six in a row. It's basically like you're going to watch it and be like, are the players as upset as I am? Or are they they cool millionaires? Are they just cool being millionaires? That's going to be the interesting thing is to see, like, how Cora... Like, I want real access. Like, is Cora, are we going to see Cora, like, getting upset? Are we going to see, like, not fabricated leaders in the clubhouse? Which, seriously, like, who's the leader in the club? Devers? Maybe, Kenley I don't Jansen even think it's Devers. Chris Martin probably are, which is crazy because they're relievers. I think it's going to be Casas. I think it's going to be Tristan right. Casas. Maybe Trevor Story as a veteran guy. Trevor yeah, Story's Pete... had a lot of camps with rookies and everything like that, so he could take that yeah. leadership role. It's just not That's one true. of those guys who, like, does it by example on the field. I want him to be Trevor Story of old, but Trevor Story of old still strikes out 210 times a year. Yeah, he. Um, I do really hope that he... I want to see at least, like, two months of him healthy. Because if he... I mean, am I excited to see him and Vaughn Grissom play up the middle? Yes. Like defensively, yeah. that's uh, I don't know. I don't know much about Von Grissom's defensive game, but I'm hoping that it's better than Arroyo's. It must be. Yeah. So the Netflix series is also going to look back on the 2004 season because it's 20 years since they won the there World Series. Which is I, I that is go ahead. Sorry. Odd. It's basically like. No, no, I'm like excited for it, and I I hope they have interviews with everybody. But mm-hmm. to me, it's a little too much. Um, member berries. To steal a term from South Park, it's like oh, I remember, I remember, twenty years ago when they went and had Thanksgiving dinner at Kurt Schilling's house to sign him, and they had Manny Ramirez. And they had Johnny Damon as big contract guys. That's I feel like that's going to be like slightly like ah, uh, remember? I get that, and that's a valid concern, and that's exactly what it is. Yeah, but it's twenty. It's twenty years of by far <clears throat> the most meaningful championship. Um, I probably outside of the Cubs that has ever happened. In uh, in the World Series history, breaking that curse, bringing a championship to Boston, it's a huge story. So I'm very, and you know what, pretty damn big part of my childhood and life. So I'm all for it. I'm all for remembering the good times. What I said to you when you sent that out to the baseball chat, though, stands true. Those are going to be two entirely different series. One is going to be charged with emotion and fun, 
and the other is going to be rehashing a very long season. Well, so this is what's interesting is how are they going to do the episodes where some of it's the current season, but they're also going to flash back to 2004. It's a weird concept how they're going to, it's not two oh, separate series. It's not? No. Oh my no, God. The, the Netflix series is going to encapsulate this season and looking back into 2004, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. So that's actually pretty smart because they can show you exactly how far the franchise has fallen. <laughs> well, that's what I was like getting at. Like, oh, okay. So the Red Sox finished in last place in April, but the other Red Sox from 20 years ago, it's just strange. Yeah. But yeah, there's nothing I want to see more than Pedro highlights. No. It's going to be I'm probably going to need to sign up for therapy to go through the Nomar trade again, but going to be a tough one to rehash so tom i i mean just uh, this is completely off topic and this is a mm -hmm. me thing but on the super bowl podcast we touched on some cards <clears throat> so a fun yep. project that i've done uh with myself or i'm i'm currently doing is i am currently getting a signed autograph of every member put it in can't front really of your face that. that's oh there you, you can't go. really the... see that that is now uh Put it in front of your face. There you go. There you go. I just unblared my camera. That's Mike Myers, double uh, A card. Mike He's Myers. Loogie. Here you go, Tom. This was by far the hardest card to find. It didn't cost a lot. Hold on. It... Oh, you know Hold it. On. He was untouchable in the playoffs. Oh, Derek Lowe. I do have him here, um, but that's not who I'm talking about right here. This guy, probably the most underrated. Lascanic. That's, that's a Curtis Lascanic double A rookie card signed. You son of a bitch. I got him all, man. Pesky I got Mike Timlin. Classic. <clears throat> There's your guy. There's Bill Miller. Oh. Miller. Bill Three Miller errors. produced Bill Damn, Miller oh, produced God. by far the best in Fenway experience I've ever had in my life. Me and Matt went to the A-Rod Veritek fight game. Uh, yeah. We were, we left Hampton Beach to go, and Miller hit a walk-off off Mariano Rivera. Yeah. Alan Embry. There you go. Got and the last out in that ALCS. There's Mom's ALCS. boy right there. Mom's favorite Red Sox of all time, Derek Lowe. Let's Must see have been drunk Mom... when he signed the card because he signed it on the side off of it. <laughs> well, Jack, that's a fun you know project. What's it is fun. I got I got the big guys to go. I still have a lot of money to spend on your Pedros, your Mannies, and your David Ortizes. And your Nomars. I have a Nomar autograph already, but I don't... So it's World Series roster. Oh. It's, I, it's tough, Tom. I've got a share. gone through it. He's got, he got a share. That's right. He did. But that's fun. When we talked about the 2004 World Series, I was just like, oh, I have something fun. All right, Jack, I don't know if you saw this, but Fangraph's playoff odds came out and we are going to we'll, we'll talk to them. We'll talk about them in depth when we do the um, the previews of the divisions. But let's talk Red Sox. To answer your do. question. Yeah, I saw him. 
The Red Sox have a 26.4% chance to make the playoffs, which is actually way higher than I would have thought. It's higher because if you look at the teams that all, if you look at the other AL teams that they have lower than them, there's a couple that you can give a chance. Like they might be better than the Red Sox. Yeah. We're going to get to one that I'm actually, I just noticed it shockingly. I don't understand why it's where it is, but we'll get to that in a couple weeks for the AL central. But the Red Sox right now have 26.4 to make the playoffs, 1% to win the World Series. It's last in the AL East. Um, and I think it just lines up with what everyone expects. They're projected to win yeah. 79.8 games. Yeah, uh, that's that's high. That's under 500 for what would be the third year in a row, maybe fourth. Um, the AL East is contenders we say that all the time um again a lot of stock gets put into this stuff i don't typically like to put a lot of stock in it because anything can happen i mean right now as it stands the orioles have the third highest percentage to make the playoffs in the division i mean they ran away with the division last year and they're getting and they're somehow getting younger and better um i don't agree yeah, that the yankees are the best team in the division i i just don't see that I just don't see yeah, it. Yeah, that's a lot of hope that Rodon's going to be healthy and good for the year. And yeah, that's the thing. They have they have a very similar issue with the Red Sox. Is uh, I mean they have Garrett Cole, which is a huge uh, is way more is is just a much bigger weapon to have than anybody on the Red Sox. But other than that, I mean it's Rodon. It's guys that haven't proven it in a couple of years that they can be. A, Frontline starters. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it's interesting because the regression they gave the Orioles all the way down to 54.2% is so much. Yeah. It's weird that the Yankees have a 40% chance to win the division with teams like the Rays and the Orioles there. Yeah, it's funny with the Rays. Obviously, the Wander Franco situation is terrible, and he's not going to be there. They lost Glass now, but Glass now gets hurt, and the Rays just churn out these teams that just do it. And yeah, they, just they got still Pe- got the core they, there. They replaced Glass now essentially with Ryan Pepio, who's like mm-hmm. the I think was the Dodgers' top pitching prospect. So they were that like, yeah, sense. we'll just we'll just turn a guy who's had two Tommy John surgeries, I think, around for a guy that I don't know, maybe has had one. I, I don't know if Pepio has, but he was a Dodger, so he probably did. So I mean, some of but, these again, I mean, just going back to it though, like some of these are are ridiculously high. Like I'm getting a little ahead of us going into the National League, but I get it. I get they're good. I don't know how the Braves have a higher percentage to make the playoffs than the Dodgers do. They play in a tough division, too. Like, I, I just don't get it. Uh, 98%. The Braves are almost assured to make the playoffs, according to these. Like, yeah, it's probably going to happen, but at the same time, there's 162 I mean, they have, games. We're they one have, Ronald Acuna ACL away from Them still disaster. winning the division. 
Maybe. The Phillies can turn that shit on. You know that. Yeah, I agree. I just think it's just to make the playoffs, though. They don't have to win the division. No, I get it. But 98% is so high for a preseason projection. Did they even yeah. have their truck day, Tom? Did Atlanta even send their balls to Florida? Do they need to? You can take them by carrier pigeon. It's right there. It is right there. There's a band. No, what? Florida, Georgia line. Nah, they split up, Jack. Oh my god! Sorry. sorry, I'm sorry. I'm I actually, sorry. I didn't, I didn't know that. I just randomly saw like an Instagram reel that was like the real reason, and I was like, I'm not going to watch oh, this. Boy. Um, <laughs> so it's it's low, uh, and actually, it's hold on, let me do some quick adding here. Oh, that's the National League. One, two, well, obviously four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten teams ahead of the Red Sox in the AL in the American League, which honestly lines up. Gonna make sense. All right. That so we'll get more into that. They have yeah, it's just it's low. There's it's the all the projections coming out are just it. It lines up, is all I'll say. Finally. You know, I think we said we said the same thing last year going into the season and then coming out of the season that we should say this year. They're exactly who we think they are. Mm-hmm. There's going to be nothing here that's going to surprise you. Again, I still am holding out hope that Casas turns into a 30 home run, 300 guy, 280, 300. I think it's there. But that's, again, that's him being 24 years old and taking that step forward. So let's hope. So final thing on the Red Sox, which could affect these odds, because it's crazy to think Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, and others are still unsigned. Mm -hmm. My final question before we move on. Name one guy you want to see them sign. And I mean, I think we both have the same number one guy. So I tweaked who I want them to sign, but I'll let you go first. They're still out there. Who do you want? Is this realistic or can it just be who I want to see? I kind of want it to be realistic. That's why I'm just not going to say Blake Snell. All right. Then you go first because I'll have to look. Okay, to fit a need, I would like them to sign Jorge Soler to some sort of like two-year deal where it doesn't kill you if he ends up like having a crazy strikeout rate, low batting average, and 30 home runs. But if he plays in – he had 36 home runs last year. Mm -hmm. So – in two years ago, twenty he was injured in twenty twenty two. Two years ago, he had twenty seven. He, I mean, twenty four percent strikeout rate. Not the best, but it's not that bad actually. It yeah went. It act he and he actually cut it down from the year before when he was hurt. So, I don't know. Just a 126 WRC plus 
like I said, 36 home runs. I was playing in Miami. Mm-hmm. They need a right-handed power bat. It's the Red Sox. They've always needed a right-handed power bat. What was the problem in the difference between 2017 and 2018? J.D. Martinez and like 46 home runs. Yeah. Bogarts, too. I mean, well, I, I know what you mean. But Bogarts had that just right-handed solid bat that you could always count on. Well, yeah. They, I mean, the team was loaded. I'm just saying like that they just was missed that another, protection. Was there 43 home runs? I right-handed bat that... We almost didn't bring him up. I actually, in my head, was thinking we haven't almost brought him up yet. Um, (laughs) Yeah, maybe he won MVP. But, all right, Jack, do you need the the link to the Fangraphs? No, I have it. No, I have it. No, wait, I haven't answered my damn thing yet. That's what I mean, yeah. No, I got it. Um, Realistically, somebody who fills a need who isn't Jordan Montgomery or Blake Snell um, is Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman hits for some power. I feel like it would be better at Fenway. He was a little dinged up last year. Um, He only played in 140 games. But, I mean, he's a platinum glove winner at third base. Right now, your team's best player is your third baseman, and he flat out can't play defense. So, I understand that that would require a shift in the lineup, and having somebody like Yoshida play left field which I don't like to invoke other sports radio hosts or sports podcast hosts here, but the one I do respect, Tony Maserati has said for years, playing left field at Fenway Park is turning around. If the ball's over your head, you turn around. Yoshida can play left field at Fenway, and Rafi Devers can hit DH, and then you stick Matt Chapman at third, and the left side of your infield is now Trevor Story and Matt Chapman, which is a gigantic improvement over last year. Yeah, I adjusted again. Lou Merloni, the whole the whole season was like you can't you, there's you can't win with this defense. No. So now, if in your scenario, you didn't right you you have Vaughn Grissom, Trevor Story, Matt Chapman, and then. What I would like to see now, this is going further because, like, right before opening day, I want to talk about what our dreams are. We still can for the uh, roster. Then you can go left to right Yoshida, Rafaela, Duran. I, I am actually now signing up for 162 innings where they bat. I might not be so much invested in the pitching at that point, but. Right. Uh, and both the scenarios we just explained help with Alex Cora always saying he likes righty lefty righty lefty. They're so lefty heavy. Yeah, they, they were lefty heavy bats. all last year. Yeah, they're two best bats. Uh, they're three best bats, possibly four with the ramp. True. But I'm yeah. I guess I'm thinking meat of the order between Devers and Casas. Yeah, but Yoshida's Either... the second batter. Like he's he's there too. Yeah, I see in my head, I just was thinking you could go Devers to Solaire, maybe not Chapman, but have a righty number three. That's what they did all last year with Turner. Like Turner had a good year, but in the history of 
good Boston Red Sox teams, the number three hitter was a little better than what Justin Turner was last year. I like Justin Turner, and he did. He played his balls off every game last year, which was something. Like, however, to for people just to pull at strings to try to save a season that nobody wanted to watch, being like, let's watch Justin Turner try to get 100 RBIs for the first time in his career. You're the third hitter on the Boston Red Sox, man. 100 RBIs should happen at the beginning of of uh, October or September, excuse me. Yeah. That's a that's odd. A real issue with the roster is you're you're not getting. I've been listening to a lot of fantasy baseball pre, uh, preview podcast, even though I'm not in the league. Just a good you're all about to... that Roto League. Hey, listeners, contact Tom if you want to get into a daily rotisserie league. And they they're talking about how you got to watch out when you're drafting a player you think is good. What RBIs matter if they have good players around them because so you can only hit so many solo home runs. Yep. So yeah, uh, it's well, that's just... why, that's a, that's a and that's a great point because I think Turner was protected in that lineup as much as he could have been with Devers yeah. and Casas on either side of him. That's good protection for Justin Turner. Yeah. Um you could I mean just the idea of going if Rafaela could settle in. Rafaela I just really hope Casas doesn't have the same April. I don't think my heart can take him having the same April. I I don't think he will because his philosophy changed. He was way he was he talked about it and Cora talked about it. Trying he was walk, trying yeah. way too much to walk. And then someone Cora, someone was like you should hit those pitches, and then he turned it on. I can't yeah. wait. I can't wait for aggressive Casas for a whole year. Yeah, it should okay. be that. We are. I know all we're set talking, on... I, and I'm sorry, Tom. Just just no, before we move on to the Red Sox, I gotta let my dog in anyway. So you go. We can get this. We can we can talk about this a little more because like it's gonna be it's gonna be a spotlight on the show. If it's a hard knock style show, there's always the added drama of like fighting for a spot or having, you know, um, some kind of turmoil with what's going on. So with that, I have two questions right now as we barrel towards spring training. Who mm -hmm. of the big three prospects do you see debuting this year, if any? The big three prospects for those listening are Marcelo Mayer, Roman Anthony, and Kyle Teal, the catcher that they drafted last year. I see it not till September, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's Mayer. Oh, okay. I'd I just, say Kyle Teal probably has a shot because they're so thin at catcher. Very, That's a very good point. I just wouldn't be surprised if they're out of it, and then you start to see mayor play like a couple games basically what they did with wilger abreu and rafaela last year yeah and then okay then oh my goodness if he pops in those couple games then his trade value skyrockets exactly yeah so um and then my second question this is a difficult one for you tom how long a leash does Alex Cora have with this team? If it's his third year in a row of under 500, 
What, what has, are we doing? He has some hold over Fenway Sports Group. Just it never happens that you bring in a new director of baseball ops, GM, whatever you want to call them, and they don't bring in their own manager. You never retain a manager that has two out of three last place finishes, get a new baseball ops director, and then don't say, oh, the manager's going too. So the fact it it's long. The answer is his leash is very long because I think he's going to move into the front office eventually and it's going to be weird and I wouldn't be surprised if in three years, unless Breslow does some really crazy stuff, that he's just in charge. So that's what I was going to say. Is this setting Breslow, giving him this to fail and, and just keep the seat warm for Alice Cora until he's done managing? I, isn't that what it seemed like with every reporting when they were searching for a director of baseball ops? Yeah, because he flat out said, I'm not ready for that yet. He basically said, like, oh, I, I love to do it. I just want to keep managing. Which the craziest part of all of it to me is Carlos Beltran has been essentially blacklisted for managers for what he did with the Astros. Like he was hired mm -hmm. by the Mets and then instantly they got rid of him or he stepped down. I forget what it was. AJ Hinch suspended for a year. He's back. Manages the Tigers. Cora was suspended for a year and they couldn't sign him back fast enough. But he orchestrated the whole thing. Yeah, but Tom, the reasoning A.J. Hinch and Alex Cora have jobs is because they have both won a World Series. Totally. I get that. I'm just saying it's strange the leash he has when he has this, like, this past. I mean, the past is over and done with. He's served his suspension. He's served his debt to society. I know. So... I'm just, it's, it's strange. I'm just saying with, the losing seasons and that over him. I don't know how he has this, like such a grace period. It's so strange. The Fenway sports group just must be like, this is the smartest guy in baseball. In our opinion, we're just not going to get rid of him. Yeah. I, I just, it's, you would expect if they come in last place again, it's like, okay, we got to change the manager. But exactly. I just don't think that's going to happen. All right. So it wasn't, this would be the third losing season in a row. The last two seasons, they've gone 78 and 84, under 500, as we've discussed. They're slated again to, they're projected to win 79 games. And obviously in 2021, he took them to the playoffs. Um, the year he, is that the year he came back? Yeah. Cause 2020, it was yeah. boob face Ron Renneke. Um, all right. Well, I don't know. I again, I, it's just interesting to me. It's something that, especially with TV cameras there, it's it, it'll be unignorable if it's his third season of of uh, seventy eight wins. Yeah. All, all right. right that's what that. I wanted to know. That's what I wanted from you, Tom. I wanted to let's dig go deep to into one your of brain soul. The least exciting, but. Very, but up most up in the air divisions, and that's the you NL say Central. That. I like I like this because I I'm gonna tell you why I like all five teams in it. There's no team there that I would actively like root against. Where in other divisions I'm just like eh, screw them. Sure, sure. 
I'm just saying there how shocked would you be if one of these teams won the World Series? Well, going back to some projections, the highest projection to win the World Series in this division is 2.5%, which is actually weird because it's the Cardinals who missed the playoffs last year and have the highest chance to make the playoffs this year. Again, those yeah. those percentages and projections are just that. They're projections. They're not real. So, But to answer exactly. your question, quite, quite shocked. I would say yeah, I'd be 97.5% shocked if they won. The, yeah, it's just a matter of like you, we know what's going on with these teams. I'd say O'Neill Cruz is the most exciting player in the division. Wow. And, oh, no, That's not O'Neill that... Cruz, Ellie De La Cruz. <laughs> I Wrong was going to say. Is... Wrong Cruz. Although I love. There's a lot of good players in that division. I'm a big Christopher yeah, I said, Morell guy. I said exciting. Um, I yeah, I, I love O'Neill Cruz and being seven foot five and everything. It's just Ellie De La Cruz ball. is who I meant. Ellie De La Cruz and O'Neill Cruz have the two hardest hit balls in the major leagues that have ever been recorded. Yep, there you go. Fact, so let's not do this. Let's do this going back using the projections, just because it gives us a little structure here. Pittsburgh Pirates. I mm -hmm. still say we look into going to Pittsburgh to watch the Red Sox play this year, but I didn't know you said that, but yeah, that would be a hell of a trip. I'm absolutely, absolutely in for that. That'd be a good via, never worries on the road. Via trade, they got Marco Gonzalez, Rodery, Rodery Munoz, and Billy McKinney. They signed Aroldis Chapman. Brought Andrew McCutcheon back, Martin Perez, Rowdy Telez, and Ali Sanchez. So, so that's good. I'm glad Andrew McCutcheon has another shot to finish his career. Right, last year he got hurt; he didn't get to finish his career. And him and the Pirates started out red hot. Um, so that was great. Uh, Araldis Chapman is such a weird signing, and he's done it the past couple of years where he signed with a mid-market team like the Royals or the Pirates, and it's just like, I, I I get that you're filling a need with a guy who throws 105, but this is not the Cincinnati Reds breaking into the majors or Aldis Chapman. Yeah. Um... But it'll be good. Him and Bednar at the back of the bullpen will be very good. Well, that's what's weird. He's now in this role where it's like, he can close games, but he's not the closer. He wasn't for the Rangers. He kind of lost it with the Yankees. The Royals got rid of him quick. Mm -hmm. For a guy then that... Again, I mean, he's closed. he was pretty effective in the playoffs last year for the Rangers. Yeah, it's just a strange situation where the guy still throws 103, and but up until a nice little run in the playoffs was not effective. No. It, but it's also like the pirates added a role Chapman. It's, it's not gonna, it's not going to be as glaring as when the Yankee, he started to lose it with the Yankees, you know, right. and who knows he signs this deal. 
then the Pirates might be able to get some mid-level prospects from him Exa at the trade deadline. Exactly right. Exactly right. It's almost like they signed him with the intention of trading him in July to a contender and getting back a, a prospect or two. It's how I've read about this. It's how MLB teams essentially buy draft picks, right? You sign yeah. a guy and then they draft him and this, you sign a, a, a perfect like this, an upper mid-tier reliever who if you're out of it or not in a race, you can flip for guys that were signed or were drafted one or sec the first or second round that maybe haven't been progressing as far um, in their respective systems. And you can buy a draft pick like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I mean, that's, I they think, have Mitch I Keller. Think the Pirates are, yeah. It's an so, exciting uh, pitcher coming up there. I mean, I don't really know what their offense looks like, to tell you the truth. Uh, Cabrian Hayes, Jack Sawinski, okay. Brian Reynolds, they're all just... Honestly, I'm looking at their like team page right now. They're like league average guys. Yeah, Cabrian Hayes is a really good defender who yep. adds... He like led the team in war, but that's probably defensive-based. Brian Reynolds so, was unbelievably hot for April last year. Well, that's because he played the Red Sox. Um, yeah, I, Lowry Moretta. They oh, they brought up they brought up their good catching prospect. Uh, what's his name? Henry Davis. So he'll yes. probably start. He played sixty-two games, so he'll probably start the year as their catcher, which is, you know, that's your top prospect. That's exciting. Yeah, he was the first overall pick in the draft. Yeah, he he got up there really fast, didn't he? Twenty twenty one, he was yeah. Yeah, he's twenty four. So he's only twenty four. He spent, geez, thirty one games. Uh, no, total seventy two games between twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three in Double A. Fourteen games in Triple A, and then was up. Huh? He's a right fielder, by the way, not a catcher. Oh, he's on there. That's weird. He's on their depth chart as a catcher. Oh, that's weird. He's on MLB.com as a right fielder. No, but he's also in, on their depth chart as a right fielder. He had, oh, 50% of his playing time last year was catching, and then the other time was in right field. 50. What a fantasy stud. There you go. All right. Uh, we can keep moving. The next team on the projections list is your Cincinnati Reds, and we talked about them With for a little bit. And we're talking about this, you know, all uh, all under the Red Sox kind of umbrella here. Higher percentage to make the playoffs, the Cincinnati Reds, than the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, so they added Brent Suter, Frankie Montas, um, Nick Martinez, lost Harrison Bader. Not a ton of moves. They were close. They have some, like we talked about, they have TJ Friedel, Matt McClain, Spencer Steer, Ellie De La Cruz. All a great young core, yeah. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz losing Hurt, didn't he? Losing Votto, yeah. He 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 didn't play, oh, yeah, Votto. yeah. Um, but adding Montas and Nick Martinez are huge moves. Like, that's that's inc that's crazy that they addressed a need like that. It's only it's almost like if you have a plan of why you didn't make the playoffs in 2023 in your full throttle off season was to address needs. They've addressed two starters, two decent starters. 
to have yeah. on that team now. Pitch in a small ballpark, though. That's a that's a hitter friendly ballpark. Yes, and that kind of explains why Hunter Green, who can throw a hundred miles an hour for a whole game, has a four eight two ERA. Last this is last yeah. year, and a you know what I see a lot with Hunter Green. I see a lot of early Clemens there. That's just oh. taking that fucker back and slinging it. I bet he once he figures out some control there, Hunter Green. I I love Hunter Green. He's one of my, uh, probably one of my top five pitchers, young pitchers that I'd like to see on the Red Sox, just because of how hard he throws it every every single pitch. Yeah, he struck out twelve guys per nine innings last year, but walked almost yeah. four. He's got to figure um, it out, man. That's yeah. That's like. Uh, I have you ever, have you seen the documentary Facing Nolan? No, I haven't. It's it's terrific. Um, but he said it wasn't until like halfway through his stint with the Angels was the first time he ever met a pitching coach. And it's just like some guys who throw that hard need time to figure it out. Yeah, I yeah, and maybe. Some of it is not throwing 100 miles an hour into the sixth inning. Could be a little finesse. You could finesse that up. I'm just, I mean, but I'm a... at the same same point, though, when Justin Verlander, and I'm not comparing the two because Verlander, I think, was better faster. But when Verlander was at the height of his powers, he was pumping hundreds in the eighth and ninth inning of those of that year. Like, you can still do it. I mean... You just got to be a little bit more consistently and try to find some other pitches. Yeah, it's it's a thing that I think um, you just get you fall in love with your hundred mile an hour fastball, but when it's a thing and it's annoying to hear over and over on broadcast, but when a major league batter has seen you a third time and you're still focusing on the hard fastball with okay secondary pitches they're gonna time your fastball mm -hmm. that's why as he got older another, another shout out splitter. to roger yeah another shout out to roger clemens he said uh major league hitters can time a bullet you have to have other stuff yeah so who knows maybe he had some sort of crazy change up um i mean Honest, according to this is uh, the prospect report on Fangraphs. He has a seventy out of seventy grade on his fastball. He has a fifty-five to sixty grade on his slider, which is actually pretty damn good. Yeah, it's above average. And I, like you said, he is this. He's this is his year twenty-four season, so he could figure it out with like add. We still got a lot of time to go. Or, yeah. Or do you not have depth in a slider? That's the sweeper. Uh, that's a question for uh pitching ninja. Okay. But the the real thing I want to see is Ellie De La Cruz be healthy the give, whole year. Give me, give me a smack that, shoot that right into my veins. Um he came up last year as legitimately a ball of fire. He stole three bases on two pitches. He hit for the cycle uh, 115 to 118 off the bat. He is the definition of a stud. And how old is he? 21, 22? Um, you know, 
there's I just got off his page. I was on I had a thought and he's 22. Get out of here. My I read recently Ricky Henderson's biography. And Ricky Henderson in the 80s and 90s basically said I know my body you're not getting 162 games out of me. And he played the whole season every year for the most part, injured very few times. I I see like, well, 94, I was going to say, he didn't play the whole season then, but no one did. But for the most part, he played majority of the season. You know? He, that's what I want out of some of these young, exciting guys, is just be like, let's step it back. The goal for me when you're an exciting young player should be like 150 games. It's a long season. If you're sitting out 12 games, it sucks only in that one instance for a fan that went to that game you're sitting out. But overall, we get to see you play 150 games a full season with 12 days of rest on top of the rest you get. That should be the goal. And I want to see that out of Cruz because, oh my God, was that exciting when he first came up. Hmm. So not only that, then like a couple of things to touch on with Ellie Dela Cruz. One, uh, we talked about him in the podcast last year. Davey, um, Nationals manager, Davey Martinez, yeah. um, wanted to check his bat. So they checked his bat, found out nothing was wrong. And then he proceeded to hit a, like a 450 upper tank shot. Um, and pointed to his bat. Just great stuff that you love to see out of a 21-year-old. And then Joey Votto, who is just wrapping up in a phenomenal career in the major leagues, has said on Rob Bradford's podcast uh, that Ellie De La Cruz is the only person he believes can hit the ball farther than the Ted Williams seat. He said, if we come back here with Ellie De La Cruz and Ellie De La Cruz can't do it, then I don't believe it. Because of the bat, because of the the batted ball speed that the guy has, it's like a golf ball. Um, he's six five, two hundred pounds. Like when you were talking about Ricky Henderson, Ricky was like a little bit more solid, um, mm-hmm. like a muscle a muscle dude. But you know, he's twenty two. He's gonna put on some size, and like you said, give me one hundred and fifty games. Keep him healthy because defensively he's exciting, and offensively you already touched on it without a doubt, the most exciting player in the whole division. Yeah. I'm actually a little shocked at how um, low their projection was, but they kind of fell off. But not just him. Spencer Steer had a good year. Um, And then Jack... No. Friedel. I'm forgetting his first name. I just clicked out of their page. I gotta stop doing that. Probably focus. Yeah, TJ Friedel. Yeah, there. I mean, they got young pitching too. We talked about Hunter Green. They got another guy named Graham Ashcraft who's going to be in the starting rotation this year. Uh, it's going to be. I, I think their their projection is low, but that's why I like this division because it seems like it's wide open. Um, and the next team we're going to get to is for some reason the third ranked team on this. I guess I know why, but it's it's just wild to me because they won the division last year and kind of walked away with it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was. You were saying young pitching. They brought up Andrew Abbott. This is still the Reds last year. Pitched in 21 games. Started 21 games. 
He had a 387 ERA. There guys and there. struck out just about 10 guys per inning or 10 guys per nine. That's yeah. They're Good. yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised if they are not last in the division. Or second to last. I, they wouldn't shock me if they finished, like, second. No, not at all. I think they finished second right out of a wild card spot last year. Like a game out or something. Uh, the next team that you mentioned is the Brewers. Now, the this, big thing with This the, would be my pick to win the division again. Yeah, they they lost Corbin, Corbin Burns. Recently. That's big. Yeah, recently they did. Um. However, they added a lot of pieces on offense. I mean, the ad- the addition of Reese Hoskins to replace Rowdy Telez is an upgrade, I think. You have guys like Joey Weimer and Bryce Terang, rookies who are coming into their own. You have a former MVP who started to really find his game again in Yelich. Sal Frillick is another rookie that came up and kind of set the world on fire. And then the number two prospect... In all of baseball, same name as the number one prospect who got who set a record this year for being the highest paid player to never play in a baseball game or a major league baseball game is going to be the new starting center fielder and centerpiece of your offense for the next 10 years, Jackson Churia. And a guy that I've heavily invested in card wise. There are two Jackson Churios. Jackson Holiday. Oh, oh, I was going to say what? That's Jackson wild. And Jackson, one and two. Man, it's almost like that name was really popular in 2004. They were born in 2004. That's when you graduated high school. All right. That doesn't need to be said for the public. Um, um. <laughs> my dogs. Sorry to everyone that watches this on YouTube. I'm just getting up. My it's It's finally getting to be a little warm up here in New Hampshire warm high 30s so my dogs just want to keep going outside sorry but the i think again they added some stuff but the the offense is still the issue with the brewers uh i mean let's see we'll, we'll see They're... i i'm a big fan i I like sal free like he he had a big rookie year when he came up last year um and then they have another guy named Garrett Mitchell who's also going to be a rookie. So it's it's a lot of young guys that have to take a step forward. But um, they're a playoff team. Most of those guys, with the exception of Churio and Garrett Mitchell, have playoff experience. So that I mean that helps in a race down the stretch. But you did touch they lost quite possibly one of the best pitchers in the National League in Corbin Burns, who went to the Orioles. And they brought D.L. Hall back, who... Obviously hasn't done it at the level Cor- Corbin Burns has. Yeah, Freddie Peralta's awesome. Uh, I like Freddie Peralta De- a lot. Devin Williams throws a changeup that defies physics. Mm-hmm. Willie Adamas is good. Reese Great Hoskins coming off uh, ACL surgery for that in yeah, spring just, training you know, last year. Reese Hoskins is who he is, though. He's the guy who... Yeah. Yeah, he... 34, 34 home runs, 29 home runs. COVID season doesn't count. Then 27, then 30. The last four full seasons. So you're going to get 30 home runs. And I think that's a pretty neutral field. Yeah. I don't think it like takes homers away from righties. I mean, Prince Fielder and Ryan Braun both would regularly hit over 40. Yeah. Ryan Braun had some help. 
Um, allegedly. I don't know. He served a pretty healthy suspension. <laughs> I don't think it was alleged. Uh, but I think the I think it's they do take a little bit of a step back because it's hard to lose Corbin Burns. That's your stopper. Yeah, that is that is true. The next team up is the Cubs. Who okay? Now were we're getting into like it. a very exciting turnaround team last year. Mm-hmm. 83 and 79 they were in it to the towards the end of the season for the last wild card spot. Uh they lost some people though. They lost I don't know what's going on with my spreadsheet here cuz it doesn't show gotcha. that they lost uh Marcus Stroman and Cody Bellinger still unsigned. Right. So it's interesting, but they also signed. Um, hold on, let me pull it up. I'm just gonna go right to the source here. We got breaking news here. As of ten minutes ago. Oh, hold on. The Red Sox just signed Michael Fulmer. Oh, he was good ten years ago for a year. Yeah, he won the uh, he won Rookie of the Year. Yeah. I thought you were going to say something based on one of these on the uh, Cubs we were just talking about. I mean, it is. Didn't he come from the Cubs? Oh, yeah. There he is. Became a free agent November. So there you go. 4.42 ERA and 57 innings pitched. Oh, no. What happened? Well, not good. 4.42, 57 (laughs) innings. Just had UCL surgery. On his throwing elbow, you know that's a that's a that's a recent year signing if I've ever heard of one. Yeah. So here's now I got it. I I filtered out a little too much on the Excel spreadsheet there. Cody Bellinger declined the player option. Marcus Stroman opted out of his contract. Kyle Hendricks and Jan Gomes they're back. The club picked up their options, which they're just mid thirties guys. That's their age. Uh, Hmm. the big signing is they got, I'm going to mispronounce this, even though I heard it a thousand times in Monaga. Monaga. Yeah. Uh, so coming over from the MPB, we have possibly the only NPB transfer who is bad at recruiting. Everybody else can just be like, hey, man, come play with me. Like, yeah, all I right. S- still wish they got Seiya Suzuki. <laughs> I wish they got uh, Yamamoto, Tom. <laughs> well, sure. But I'm just saying, he's just like, Suzuki just seems like a solid player. And I feel like his 20 home runs would be more if you played at Fenway. So... They have Pete Crow Armstrong, who's like a consensus top prospect. I don't know if he's technically graduated from prospect yet. He made Um, his debut last year. Yeah. Um, There it is. He played 13. His mom mom was uh, the mom and rookie of the year, wasn't she? Yeah. No, no, no. Little Big League. Little Big League. Little Big League. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, Little Big League is such an underrated movie and it's so heavy. It doesn't 
shy away from the stuff because he's a school kid? No, he's got to cut his favorite player. He's got to trade Mike McGreevy. Oh, what a what a goddamn movie! He had a chance to get Ricky Henderson. He didn't take it though. The night nurses from Jersey, Tom. Don't catch that on your hotel bill. Well, Jack covered (laughs) up his hotel bill from a senior year uh, baseball trip to the Cape. Allegedly. That young lady went to Dallas a second time. Proof proven. (laughs) (laughs) That credit card's been shredded. That was, uh, uh, that was, uh, I think allegedly, I, I've heard that it was just a twenty dollar bill right over the counter. Just being like, yeah, just, let's take care of that, <laughs> please. My coach is stumbling out of his room. <laughs> but Justin Steele, what a season! Yeah, he was so good last year. Three oh six ERA, struck out. Uh, don't have it here. A lot of guys, twenty five percent of the hitters. Yeah, I mean, which is crazy because good... he's a sinker t- sinker pitcher. Yeah, and I like Kendra- Kyle Hendricks too. They they've got some guys there. Um, but my, I would say that my second, um, most exciting player in the division is Christopher Morel. That guy is a stud. He hits tanks, and he's gonna have a breakout year. I think. Uh, I mean, last year was probably his breakout year, but this year. He'll be in the middle of that lineup the entire season. Yeah, he hit 26 homers. Um, He is definitely just like a hell hack guy, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. He struck out. He struck out 31% of the time. But when he made contact, Mm -hmm. not to go super advanced metrics on you, but let's find the stat cast. His max exit velocity is 113.6. That's huge. That's Ellie De La Cruz level, man. And the number of batted balls with an exit velocity of it cuts off. Come on, fan graphs. What am I paying for? Ninety-five, I believe. That's a hard hit ball. Yeah, Whoa. ninety-five mile an hour or more was a hundred and twenty-nine. Fifty percent of his hits were hard hit. So yes, yeah. he takes hell hacks and crushes the ball. Did he hit a walk off grand slam? Yes, he did. Yeah, that was dope. Mm-hmm. So the Cubs are kind of a team who knows what happens with Bellinger. If he goes back, it's so strange where, I mean, if he goes back, the, they're going to have a crowded ass outfield. Yeah. So maybe they won't, unless they stick him at first base. Cause right yeah. now their first baseman is Matt Bush, Michael Bush, Michael Bush. So, he played a couple games for the Dodgers last year, hit two home runs. But Patrick Wisdom, so they could stick him at um, first base, if they, but the Bellinger thing is so strange. Yeah. Because I was just going to say, the Dodgers are starting spring, spring training today. Yeah. Because the, them and the Padres are playing in Korea early to start the season. So now we're officially at spring training and Blake Snell and Cody Bellinger haven't been signed. That is so, crazy. Yeah. I can't. All like, right. I mean, Blake Snell basically said, I want to be a Seattle Mariner. 
And the Seattle Mariners are just like, okay. <laughs> I can't. It's cool. it, I'm frustrated enough being a Red Sox fan, but at least five years ago, they were the World Series champions. If you were in Seattle, you'd be like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Go sign the Cy Young winner. Yeah, unless they're just super happy with their young pitching. Get it. We'll get to them. It's not bad. It's, uh, it's not bad. Yeah, when it's time. But now we're going to talk about the St. Louis Cardinals, who are projected to win this division, and they're also projected to have 84 wins. Mm-hmm. So this division... Coming off a season that they won 71 games. Yeah, so they... That's a huge swing. Um, I guess you're projecting that Goldschmidt, and Goldschmidt will be his normal self, or maybe a little better than he was last year. Um, and you're hoping Arenado is healthy the whole year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nolan I Gorman's get... a good player too. He's 23. He's going to come on. Then they Lars have young. Newbar. They have a lot of players. Lars Newport hit 300. Um. I'm not seeing much else though here. Uh, well, they oh, signed Sonny Gray not hit to be like their. I don't. I guess he'll be their ace. Um, yeah, Jordan Walker. Jordan Walker's there. He's a player that we love here at the Never Worse Podcast. Yeah, you had a big issue with them sending him down last year. He had a 16 game hit streak, and they sent him down. <laughs> that's that's for, why for defense, Jack. But right okay. now, they're. <laughs> That's great uh, for your development at 21. Their uh, pitching rotations goes Sonny Gray, Miles Mikolas, Kyle Gibson, Lance Lynn. Ooh, you got to hope he figures out the home run thing. And Steven Matz. I don't know. I. And then their, their go-to lineup right now is Brandon Donovan, Goldschmidt, Newtbar, Arenado, Wilson Contreras. Uh, Nolan Gorman, Jordan Walker, Tommy Edmond, Mason Wynn. I this could... just doesn't seem like a division-winning team to me. It, yeah, but at the same time, were, are you wowed by any other of the teams that, like, see, it wouldn't surprise me if Sonny Gray comes in and is a good pitcher and stabilizes the top of their rotation. I don't know. I just... I think, I mean, I know we're going to get into it right now. I think the Cubs did more and have more right now than the the Cardinals do. Yeah, the Cardinals have two amazing players in Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, who are at the back end of their careers. Like Goldschmidt's thirty-five, to have him bounce back to an MVP year is not likely. Yeah, yeah, I I just wonder. Did, it's essentially the, Cubs... the same thing. Is if like I get that he had a good year last year, Sonny Gray in in Minnesota. Um, and they got Kyle Gibson too, but that would be like adding the Red Sox adding two, and, you know, no offense to those guys above average starters and then them being projected to win the AL East. Granted, the AL East is more competitive than the NL central, but it's just the same thing. You're taking a 71 team and and saying they're going to win 25 more games. That's a ridiculous swing that Lance Lynn is probably not the guy who can do that. I mean, Lance Lynn's wife had the best tweet, I think, of any uh, wife or girlfriend, wife or girlfriend in the, in the. I don't. I didn't see that tweet, but um, 
she my said, husband can't pass and catch the ball after Wes Welker dropped the pass in the Super oh, Bowl. Oh, I thought she said that to a person in the elevator. I didn't know she tweeted. Oh, no. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, it's true. He can't. Well, I mean, catch the ball. He caught 150 of them in the whole year. Um, so, uh, you just got me so off track. <laughs> Lance no, Lynn's Lance... wife said. Yes. Yes, he's here we putting... go. He put a mound, like basically a pitching hallway in our basement so he doesn't lead the league in home runs given up again. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's what she tweeted. That's very funny. Um, But you got to know, if you're Lance Lynn, obviously you got to know. So, the, the we're going to give our predictions. I, I forgot to mention this. We'll do our big prediction podcast right before the season. But this is one where I am just, I'm going to need to see more and maybe something happens in the next couple weeks before the season. But this is essentially just going to be a toss up between kind of the Cardinals, Cubs, and Brewers. You have somehow nobody winning this division. In yeah, the playoffs. <laughs> it's one of those things like somebody's got to win. Yeah, that's it's the NFC South. That's what it is. Yeah. It's the NFC yeah. South. Somebody's going to get into the playoffs there. Um, I'll take the Chicago Cubs right now. I mean, if we're talking about it, I know we'll bring it all back to our playoff teams and who we think is going to overperform, but I'm going Chicago. I like uh, I like to see what Shota Imanaga has. Um, I love Christopher Morrell. And they got some young guys there. I got PAC, so. Who knows? Should go forward. I don't. I just don't see the Cardinals. I would say the Cardinals are closer to the bottom of the division than the top. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's it's such a tough. The crazy thing, the craziest thing of it all, is if you look at, and again, their projections. Sometimes, I mean, they can be right on at times, but sometimes they're sure. not. And it, the fact that the team picked to win the division is picked with 84 wins and the team picked fourth has 80. They don't know. The computers no. don't know. So it's a weird division and it is the ultimate middle of the summer, spring and summer alone at your house working. Luckily we're both work from home guys. And you're like, Oh shit. Cubs play. Oh shit. The pirates play like exactly. all the time. One of the most enjoyable experiences of my whole entire life was watching a day game at Wrigley Field. Loved it. Loved wow. every second of it. Yeah. I that's gonna that's gonna happen for me soon now with this every other year playing at Wrigley. So Jack, that's all I got for you. We actually went pretty long. Uh lots of talk. I about will today. see you Sunday for the big game. Woo! Um we're bringing grapes. I explained the uh party to Thea today who is going to be there and I built it all up saying mom and dad we're going to be there and she got mm -hmm. super excited and looked at me and said can we bring grapes so I might tell yeah. Tim take take the pastrami sandwiches off the menu because we got quartered grapes coming we're bringing grapes <laughs> so, now are these purple or green they're green Jack oh thank you. green's her favorite color yeah I got, a guy, I got a guy over here I got a guy over here whose favorite color is green yeah, there's um, so much green in our house. So I will talk to you Sunday, Jack. Have a good day. Bye, Tom. <laughs>